I want to spend a few minutes looking at the Holy Spirit, who he is, what's his role in our lives. Um, just be aware that if you're going to communicate with God, the communication arm that's involved in the earth at this point in time is the Holy Spirit. So, pretty important, right? And if you are going to be regenerated, and, you know, it's like, it's a true zombie picture painted in Scripture saying we were once dead in our trespasses and sin. We're the walking dead until we find new life in Christ. But how are you going to shed the old and how are you going to shed the dead except that God bring insight? So he, he works that regenerative work in us through the Holy Spirit. And then it says that He also gifts us with a capacity so that when we gather together, each of us has something to bring to the mix that benefits everyone else. Um, you know, Christmas Eve, we often do that candlelight portion, right? And it's kind of cool because there's this light and it's more than just one little candle. It kind of lights up the room. And, and the idea is, that in some ways, it's like the Holy Spirit brings more light in that corporate setting that we can enjoy and participate in. And then also, He is very powerfully at work when we witness in a way that's his, driven by Him, so to speak. And so we are told that there will be signs accompanying and things that take place that we know go beyond us. And sometimes you'll experience that just in what you're saying. You're going, man, that sounds really good. I wish I could write that down. You know, because I, 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 didn't, I didn't know that would come out of me. Or there are things where something is triggered in the person you're talking with that just opens up the door. You know, suddenly their mind is at ease or they know God, God's in this moment. So that's kind of a, a general picture. But I want to walk through some of the Scripture passages. Jesus makes this declaration. He says, if, if you know how to give good gifts even though you're evil, <laughs> we would all get in trouble if we said anything like that. But Jesus says it and it's like, okay. He says, we have evil on us. And he goes, and yet you do your best to give good gifts. How much will the Father, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And so this is one of the things that we are encouraged to ask. You know, you, you want to go to God and you're, and you're going, okay, um, I, I don't even know how to talk to you. What should, you know, what should I say or what do I, do I dare ask you know, for any? Jesus encourages us. Ask for the Holy Spirit. Now, I would say, let Him choose how that's going to come through you or into you or in, and how the expression is going to be. That's unimportant to me. I want to know that the Holy Spirit is speaking in my life, working in me. So, Here's, here's some of the scriptures that when John the Baptist was going about baptizing people unto repentance, so he was saying, 
you need to repent of your sins if you want to be at peace with God. And he says, there's someone else coming after me who is going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Now, John is not saying this to the 12 disciples. He's not saying this to the 120 in the upper room. He's making this general declaration to people around him. So it has a broader scope than just this tight little knit group that were the early disciples. But he's making this declaration saying he is going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. In other words, through Jesus, the window is opened for us to encounter the Holy Spirit. If you, if you acknowledge that, and Jesus makes this declaration, I'm going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit, and you're going to be witnesses throughout we're recognizing that John was talking of Jesus, and, and you and I know that being in church, right? But there is this fulfillment of something that had been declared and offered to us that was going to take place, and the work of Jesus had to be accomplished so that we could be regenerated, so to speak, in the Lord. And then the Holy Spirit might dwell within us. So, in John chapter 14, one of the passages that speaks about the Holy Spirit, there are a number of names given, and, and the translators, you'll find, they, they will call him counselor, comforter, helper, advocate. Uh, they're, they're wrestling with, what does this word mean for us now? Have you ever gone into a, a oh, Sometimes in a hospital setting, they'll say, this person's your advocate. They'll kind of lead you around. Or you get into a company somewhere and they'll say, okay, to guide you through this process, we're going to give you an advocate and they can answer any questions that you have. That's kind of what's being said about the Holy Spirit. He, 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 this is the communication arm of, and he's going he's gonna to guide you and, and He's going to speak truth to you. He's going to teach you everything you need to know. So Jesus is making that declaration about him. Now just so we're clear, Scripture does talk about three separate entities as a part of the Godhead. It says in one passage where the Holy Spirit descends on Jesus in bodily form. It looks like a dove. It's, it could be a pigeon, but we choose dove. Um, and it, it says there's a voice that comes out, this is my son, that would be the father, and then Jesus the son. So there's like the three entities in one setting. And so when Jesus is saying, go make disciples, he says, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So he's, he's giving distinct um, identity to each one, right? So that said, the Holy Spirit is the great communicator, so to speak, to speak into our lives even now. When He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own authority, 
but will speak whatever he hears and tell you what is to come. That sounds suspiciously like Jesus' words of, I don't speak anything except what the Father tells me. In other words, when Jesus was on earth and he was declaring things and he was giving truth and, and, and you know, he's walking among the people, he says, I'm only telling you what the Father tells me. And then he says the Holy Spirit is going to fulfill that role. He's going to take what I have and what I speak and he's going to give that to you. What the Father shares with me, he says, I'm going to share with the Holy Spirit and he's going to speak that to you as well. And you go, how precious is that? How amazing. When I want a relationship with God that His Holy Spirit will speak to me. That's why when David has sinned and he's worried, he says, please don't take your Holy Spirit from me. You know, he, he knows he's messed up and he's going, I don't want to try living life without this. I, you know, that's, that's a concern that enters our hearts at times and we're going, ooh, kind of stepped off the edge that time. Does God even care about me now? And this prayer goes out, please don't take this from me. Isaiah was talking about the work of God and how he lived with his people and how people rejected it. And it says, they offended his Holy Spirit, so he turned into an enemy and fought against them. He's like, no, I don't want that. I don't want to offend his precious Spirit. Jesus encountered a, um, a teaching group of religious people that were calling him Satan. And he makes a very strong statement. He said, A word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or the age to come. You go, whoa, that's dangerous. And you can look at it and say, why so severe? Why so harsh? Jesus is saying, yeah, you speak against me, it's not as bad as speaking against the Holy Spirit. How are you going to communicate with God and how are you going to know His truth if you refuse to accept that it's His Holy Spirit that's going to speak to you? If you shut the door and you're going, no, I want nothing to do with that, how are you going to get to God? If God's chosen this as the path to, for communication, how do you get around that? Well, I'll, I'll just kind of make up my own way to God. You know, I, I can write my own rules. Nope. Well, I'll just, you know, I, I'll just live a good life. Nope. The opening for us in communication with God the Father, it's the Holy Spirit. And so we go, okay, this truly is important. This is precious. Let's 
I, I like the story of Simeon because he, he was living a life of this. It says he was righteous and devout, looking for the restoration of Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him. It's a good thing to be said about a life. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he'd seen the Lord's Christ. So he's living for God. He's living righteously. He's living with what's been impressed in his heart. And he says, it, got, it went beyond that where it's gone, you're going to see the Messiah. You know, he was, it, there was something spoken to him it isn't just the Holy Spirit speaks to us and say, don't do that, or do that. But this relationship opens up the door and Simeon hey, you're going to get to see him. He's going, that's all I really need to live for at this point. That's, all, that's as much expectation as I have of life, is that I'm waiting for this moment where I'm going to get to see the Messiah. Peter, when he's preaching in Acts chapter 2, and the Spirit is being poured out on people, he's, he's going, repent and be baptized, each one of you. In other words, open up your life to the regeneration that's available. Have your sins washed away. And he says, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So he's saying, what is available to us when we enter into new life with God is that we become a dwelling place for the Spirit of God. Romans says, For the kingdom of God does not consist of food and drink, which are the essentials for temporal life, right? He says the kingdom of God isn't built on that. It isn't built on the temporal, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Titus says it this way, He saved us not by works of righteousness that we have done, but on the basis of His mercy through the washing of new birth and renewing of the Holy Spirit. So, he says, our sins are washed away and we are brought into new life and then the Holy Spirit is placed within us. 1 Corinthians 6 do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you, whom you have from God, you are not your own. What an amazing concept, right? That the presence of God would live in each of us. That it, you know, we, <laughs> we have this impression that when we come to church, we're going to meet with God. Right? It, it, I do. <laughs> and I've, I've always had that kind of an assumption and impression that this is a place to come meet with God. This is a temple, so to speak. And yet, Paul's going, you are a temple as well. So you have the presence of God and you have this privilege of communication with Him because He dwells in you. There's more. 
In Ephesians, it says, when you believed in Christ, you were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. In other words, your new life, it got stamped as acceptable by God placing his spirit in you. This washing away of sins and the regeneration, and we're looking at new life, so to speak. So the stamp was God placing his Holy Spirit in you. Ephesians 4 says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So again, he's, he's looking at this tension of saying, you have something very, very, very precious living in you. Let that affect how you live. 1 Thessalonians says, For God did not call us to impurity, but to holiness. Consequently, the one who rejects this not only is rejecting human authority, but God who gives us the, or gives the Holy Spirit to you. The fact that there's this mark on your life that affects you in the kingdom of God now, but also is like your entry ticket into heaven, it's a powerful idea. Ever lost a ticket? I mean, you go to a movie and sometimes that ticket can get lost between the, the Koyshk and, and the, the actual room, right? And you go scrambling around looking for it. And it's like, how can a hundred feet be the difference? Or, you know, I, I started going for illustrations and I'm going like airline tickets. Well, nobody prints airline tickets anymore. And then it was like, you ever lose a Packers ticket? I'm going, nah, that doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but you, you have that idea of this mark or this seal or this validation. And, and the writer's saying, the Holy Spirit dwelling in you is like your validation ticket into the eternal. So this is really important. Let's go through a few other things. Because there, there I, I wrestled with how many passages to share. And I th- you can thank me, I cut off half. But uh, that said, there are a few that I, I just want to finish with. First Peter says, concerning the salvation, the prophets who predicted the grace that would come to you searched carefully and investigated carefully. They probed into what the person or time of the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating. And they, it says later on, they were shown that they were not serving themselves but you. In regard to the things announced to you through whom they proclaimed the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit. And I'm looking at that and I'm going, the Old Testament writers and the prophets, they're having these encounters with the presence of God and they're writing down things that weren't even for their benefit as much as they were for us. 
So what was being done in the Holy Spirit was being done for others, but hundreds of years in advance. So this was a, a centuries thing. It, it had... It wasn't eternal in a sense that there was a timeline, but it, it, it was as close as we understand of the, when the presence of God is doing something eternal in us, it isn't just a temporal setting, but it has future implication as well. And so even the very things that you are doing in the Lord now by the presence of God, there's kind of an ongoing participation and experience that isn't limited to just this timeline. I just find that astounding. But also saying, when I read the Scripture, it really starts to, to come to me that unless God communicates what truly is meant in this, it's not going to bear the fruit that it could. Because it isn't just ordinary writing and it doesn't understand just with ordinary logic. Now that's part of the experience, but there is more to be seen as he gives us insight. You do well to recognize this. No prophecy of Scripture ever comes about by the prophet's own imagination. For no prophecy was ever born of human impulse. Rather, men carried along by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. So if it's given by the Holy Spirit, it's going to be understood by the Holy Spirit as well. And so when we say, okay, do you have a devotional life? Well, great, you have this form. <laughs> but how's it going to breathe life? Except that there's a communication going, God, what do you mean by this? And how does this apply in my setting? How does it apply to me? How does it apply to our group? How does it apply to those I encounter? You know, there's, a, there's life in there if you'll allow it to be. This is my last verse. You, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith, by praying in the Holy Spirit, pray in the Spirit, maintain yourselves in the love of God while anticipating the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that brings eternal life. Lots been said about praying in the Spirit and what that actually means. I don't really want to chase that because I believe that any form of prayer, when it's true communication with God, is going to be Spirit prayer. Now, I think there are different aspects of that. Um, when I guess I need to go. Yes, what's he talking about? When I grew up, um, we we tended to confine praying in the spirit just to tongues, and that is a portion of it, but I don't think it's the full picture. When when um, when Paul talks about groanings too deep for words, I don't know that that's a, a tongues experience, but it very certainly a spirit prayer. And I think when we pray with others and there are things coming out that are, have a prophetic bent or a discerning, that's a praying of the Spirit. When we, when we 
um, are in communication with the Lord, that, sh that shouldn't... I saw a, an interesting quote um, It was on my feed this morning, which was nuts. But Catherine Kuhlman, I was wrestling with the name, made this comment. She says, I live my life praying all day long, communicating. If I have just this hour, then it's like, okay, God, reward me. I did my duty. But she's going, I have communication all day long. And, and that's really the way it should be, Right? It, it, it needs to flow back and forth as, as is the, his hope with us. So I guess I walked through a, a thing over in Connections the other night, and, and this kind of what was what started me on this work of the Holy Spirit. I did not double up much <laughs> it should be maybe a consistent portion of our lives that says let me hear your voice you know that's the first thing if there's if there's question in our hearts let me hear your voice you have promised to communicate with me through your precious spirit so let me hear you and acknowledge you when you speak and be quick to respond with what you say. Because oftentimes, it's like Jesus saying, if you shut off the Holy Spirit, how are you going to hear? You know, and, and sometimes we hear things we don't want to from him. I hear things that I don't want to hear. Be nice to her. Butch. <laughs> there are two sides to this. <laughs> I'm talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that happens. And, and yet, if we'll respond, then he keeps speaking. And it isn't all fix this, take care of that. But there are precious things that go beyond that as well. So we say, Lord, let me hear your voice. Lord, regenerate my life. I realize I was dead in trespasses and sin, and that I've, I continue to carry a, a significant amount of junk with me. Some of this was trained into me. Some of this I got into on my own. But it's the kind of thing that I know is not consistent with the values of the kingdom of God. So continue to make me aware of this and help me to change when I know that I can't. Help me to, to take on the mindset of you. Help me to, to live differently than I have. But with the confidence that this is what is appropriate and right. Next, Pray that, that He will gift you with the ability to serve others. That He will grant you spiritual gifts that will use, be used for the benefit of the whole. You, 
you are not designed to live your spiritual life isolated. You are designed to live your spiritual life in community. And the benefits of community far away just being by yourself. Now, there are times, obviously, where you, you need a quiet space. But to, to allow others to speak into your life and to see the, the testimony of their life and to be aware that God has designed them to bless you is, becomes wonderful. And you are designed to bless them as well. So pray that He would gift you to serve others. And then pray that He will empower you to witness. Because that's part of the declaration that the Holy Spirit enables us to speak life to others and to take the gospel of the kingdom of new life and the opportunity to live again. And that it's His desire that all would participate that way. So, precious Holy Spirit, we ask that You would speak into our hearts today. Each one of us, whatever You want to say. We ask that You will regenerate us that You will develop in us the person that we were designed to be. That You will wash away the junk. That You'll establish the healthy. That You'll allow us to see life as it is. We ask that You will gift each one here with abilities to be blessing to those around that each one will have a unique message from you and declaration of the wonders of your kingdom. And then, Lord, we ask that you would make us powerful in witness, that not only would we present words of life, but it would be backed up by the working of your Spirit and the empowerment that you have promised. Be honored through our lives, we ask. Amen. Afterwards. Your blessing rests on these, your people. May they know the fullness of favor that you intend for their lives. May they discover with joy what it is to walk in the Spirit. To be in constant communication with you. As the, I ask as each one goes into the community that you'll give them words of life to speak over others. Enable them to carry out the workings of your kingdom. Gift them with the supernatural. We lift it up and exalt it, our Lord, we pray. We love you this day. Amen. God bless you.